This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review Gareth Edwards' new science fiction movie, The Creator. Plus, we got details of the writer's new contract. The X-Men movie finally starts development. James Gunn confirms some characters that will carry over to the new DC universe. Trailer reactions for Argyle, John Woo's Silent Night, and more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, October 2nd, 2023. Yo, 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 this is Rob Liefeld, creator of Deadpool, Cable, X-Force, Domino. You are listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. You want the most up-to-date comic movie and TV news? You found it. Fun? You bet. Puppets? With substance abuse issues? Oddly, yes. Only here on the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Does it get any better than this? I don't think so. Listen, Rob Liefeld, creator of all the stuff you love. Saying to you, listen to the Jock and Nerd podcast. So sexy, so awesome. I never miss it. And uh, it's my favorite thing in forever. It's spectacular. It's awesome. I love it. Jock and Nerd. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. Let's give it up. Hey, hey, listener, what's happening? Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the Jock. And he's the Nerd. And joining us is a fella who, well, he's got a hole in his head. He's artificially intelligent and artificially flavored. It's Rugboy. Tasty. Yeah, I'm the turd creator. <laughs> oh, you're the turd creator. That's right. Yeah. He is a creator. AI yeah. turds coming out. His ass usually they come out hot. Yeah, yeah. Is your and ass tight. A, His ass is a 3D. His slack holds a 3D printer. Whatever you need, he can poop it right out. Yeah. No, I, I still, sometimes it even has nuts and raisins in it. <laughs> and lint. I don't know. I can't explain that. Lovely. Yeah, it must be the diet. Lovely. Anthony, how you doing? Oh, swell. Fantastic. <laughs> well, now that we got that out of the way, let's begin. Uh, got a fun movie to review and some news to discuss. Let's get it going. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. So I still got to do this Hollywood strike uh, segment, everybody. Even though the writer's strike is essentially over, the actors are still on strike. SAG's still on strike. 80 days now. Hmm. Uh, apparently they are meeting with the studio CEOs today. So I think we're going to hear something. So soon. the writer's strike is over. You're saying essentially it is over. Uh, there would lasted 148 days. The writers are going back to work this week. They're going to ratify this proposal in October, but like Bill Maher last Friday already came back on air. He was first uh, to start writing. And you know, what's kind of funny. All that shit. Drew Barrymore took. All she had to do was like wait a week or two. Would have fucking sorted itself out. She didn't need to go through all that. Yeah. By trying to come out early. So last week we mentioned they got to a deal. The deal had not been disclosed when we recorded. Now you can go to the WGA website and check out the deal. But let's hear. I'm going to have uh, this dude, Adam Conover, 
Oh, from Adam Ruins Everything. Creator of Adam Ruins Everything. He's a labor organizer. He's kind of been the spokesperson for the WGA. He's put out an Instagram reel going over real quick, breaking down everything they got. Uh, So let's just hear from him what the writers won. The writer's strike is finally over. And I am so happy to tell you that we fucking won. This is the contract that we just spent the last 148 days fighting for. And let me tell you what's in it. A guarantee that a minimum number of writers be hired on every show. A guarantee that comedy variety writers like me be paid the same in streaming as we are in TV. Provisions that mean better pay for screenwriters, better pension and health for writing teams, script fees for staff writers for the first time, and protections against AI that mean that AI can't write scripts, edit scripts, or undermine our rights and credits. And we won a success-based residual. So for the first time, when more people watch a movie or TV show on streaming, the right that created it will make more money too. These are all things that they swore to us five months ago. They would never give us in a million years. But we went on strike and we hung together until they were forced to come to the table and meet our demands. And we changed not just our industry for ourselves, but for every writer who comes after us. And I am so proud of us. Thank you to every writer who made this victory happen. And thank you, thank you to every fellow worker who stood with us. We are going to stand with you as well, because what this proves is that when workers stand together, we win. And now let's get back to writing. Not bad. Not bad. I, you know, we last week we talked about like who won uh, and the WGA clearly, I think, feel the writers writers win. Any comment on uh, his enthusiasm there? Yeah, uh, a little much. It's <laughs> <laughs> Adam, but you know, Adam uh, ruins everything. That's what he's like. Yeah, I find him uh, very uh, repellent. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm glad for the writers, though. I really am. So I'm good. I'm glad that they got the <laughs> everything that they got. I just don't like Adam Connell <laughs> too much for Rug Boy. Um, <laughs> when you first played it, I didn't know who Adam Conover was. Yeah, and maybe I've seen him, but I thought you were doing um, Adam does movies. It does kind of sound like so, him. Yeah. No, well, it, oh. that's who I thought the yeah. person was. Yeah. No, Adam. I didn't. No. Really, then I heard the voice. I went. Adam does movies. Doesn't sound like that. No, no. This, I was very yeah. thrown off. Oh. So maybe the first two things he's two points he made I didn't hear because I was still trying to figure out who the hell I was listening to. <laughs> um, but hey. Tom's enthusiastic that they won, so yeah. if he's happy about it, that's good. It is very good, uh, but uh, not without some collateral damage. The other ironic thing is it can't be brought up like the AMPTP and the WGA, out of the 148 days, they actually only met a total of nine days. So this all could have been over in nine days, except the studios dro- drug it out a little bit. They, 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 like they said, they wanted to make them homeless. And that is some of the collateral damage. Some people lost their houses. Some people lost their jobs. A lot of people, some of the writers had to leave L.A. Um, I just heard another podcast that the writers assumed that when the strike happened, their contracts would be suspended. They were all suspended for five months. But when they would come back, they would add those five months on. Turns out not not so. <laughs> A lot of the guys are now they've lost that five months of pay forever. They're they're finding out. Yeah, well, when you're going to go strike, you yeah. got to make sure you're ready for this shit. You I mean, got to have a plan because if it goes long, yeah, you're going to have to tap that's into part of the risk. Favors. You're going to have to move. All that stuff happens. But 
it's a good contract. I wanted to just dive into a little bit the two things that where uh, technology and the entertainment is industry crossover. I find this shit fascinating. So he mentioned streaming residuals uh, increase. Here is what it says from their contract. Uh, streaming series and films that are viewed by 20% or more of the service's domestic subscribers in the first 90 days of release or in the first 90 days in any subsequent exhibition year get a bonus equal to 50% of the fixed domestic and foreign residual with views calculated as hours streamed domestically of the season or film divided by runtime. It's what? very confusing. <laughs> uh, but it's so it's almost it's not really a residual as much as it is like a bonus because not every writer is getting that. Only if you're talking about 20% or more of the services subscribers, you're talking about like the real big shows. Those writers are going to probably get bonuses. Okay. Right? So that's interesting. And then yeah, I, I, yeah. I honestly, I'm reading, I'm reading it now. I was trying to pay attention. I'm reading it now. I still haven't wrapped my mind around it, mostly because I'm reading it live. Yeah. But, um, yep, that's it. That's all I got. And so it's, it's, <laughs> got yeah, it's by like number of based. So, but that 20% is going to change. So basically, you get like 10 grand for a half hour episode that does well, 16 grand for a one hour episode. Yeah. 40 grand for a st- streaming feature. So it's basically instead of a residual, you just get a, a bonus. It's a bonus. I don't know why they're calling it a residual. And also, if you go based on the platform, that that 20% is going to be a, a different number in each platform. Some, you know, if they have less subscribers, it's easier to hit. But then if it's a platform with m- more subscribers, it may be a little harder to hit. Less people uh, to get so, to. So, like, for example... Are you getting like, so if you're making a show and every episode, are you making that $40,000 bonus for every episode? So does that turn into 400 grand? Oh, the 40,000 is for a movie over $30 million in budget too. That's another parameter. All right. So it's a say 16 grand for a one hour episode. Yeah. Is that per episode? So not for the series. I yes, I guess for each. So if you add them all up, that's, that's, and they're doing like, it's sixteen, let's say six hundred and sixty grand. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, it's not like uh, crazy money, but it's at that one hundred and sixty grand extra is not bad. Yeah, that's good. Uh, if you're writing two show, different shows a year and they both do well, you could be looking at you know three hundred grand as a bonus. Yeah, those are that's pretty good. Nice. Uh, but but the, the people have to watch it, right? You got to get at least twenty percent of the. The platform subscribers. Well, you should be. I mean, that's the thing, though. You shouldn't just be paid. Right. No one watches the fucking thing. Sure. At the end of the day, it still is show business. It's not just show. That's true. That's true. And like, yeah, the, it's the, not show fun. The little yeah, shows, exactly. the small shows, like all the shit Netflix. And, and then you work your way up. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, this kind of incentivizes you to, to work to work up. And and start small and move all the you know move up and maybe you get onto a streamer that can pay you, you know. And you like can even get lightning people. in a bottle too. You could just yeah, price the first your first thing out and you could do this. At least at least there's now a, an incentive model baked in where now now you know what the parameters are. I think a lot of the writers just needed to know what 
what sandbox am I playing? Sure. Yeah. Once we have the sandbox, now we can do what we want. Exactly. And Adam on the podcast talked about how all these things are a great foundation. And, you know, now we have something to build off of and it all adapt and evolve as the years go on. Uh, But the other big thing tied into this is the streaming data transparency. The companies have agreed to provide the WGA subject to a confidentiality agreement, the total number of hours streamed both domestically and internationally of self-produced high-budget streaming programs, and the Guild may share information with the membership in aggregated form. This is kind of huge that now they're coming off their numbers and they're going to give, even if it's confidential, confidentially. I still don't know why it's confidential. I Again, they, they don't want to disclose. They want to be able to say whatever they want to say, and everybody just runs with it. Because- I don't think, but I don't, how is that advantageous at all? Like, it, it, like, if a show is doing bad, like, it's not like a, like, you can't, like, if a show is, like, really doing terribly, like, everybody knows. It's like, you know, no one's watching it. No one's talking about it. Right. It's not trending or anything. It's not trending. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you you don't, it's it's ridiculous to like keep this information secret, but whatever. They should stop immediately. It's almost but, like currency to these streamers. Like it's the one last card they can hold is actually all that data. It's a house of cards, my friend. Certainly. And then the other thing, just real quick, is the AI protections he was talking about ties into our movie review later and stuff going on in the world. But they have established regulations for the use of AI on projects. So here's what it says. AI can't write or rewrite literary material and AI generated material will not be considered source material under this contract, meaning that AI generated material can't be used to undermine a writer's credit or separated rights. Okay. Uh, Second thing, a writer can choose to use AI when performing writing services. If the company consents, provided that the writer follows applicable company policies, but the company can't require the writer to use AI software like chat GPT when writing the company, the studios must disclose to the writer. If any material given to the writer have been generated by AI or incorporate AI generated material. And then this one is huge. This is a big win. The WGA reserves the right to assert that exploitation of writers' materials to train AI is prohibited by this contract or other law. That's the one thing they were afraid of, is that they they would use their writers' stuff and then it would further inform the AI to write better shit. Correct. And it's happening over on MidJourney, where you can literally type in, make this image in the style of enter whatever artist, filmmaker, anybody that has shit online and it will copy that exact style. They have no control over when they put it online. So to preserve their writing, they like, we can't use it to train AI. Uh, com- comment on that, Anthony. Anything? Yeah. Uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think at least having these, this is better than what it was, right? There weren't any AI just came out of nowhere. Yep. Although, the movie industry has been predicting it for a while, but AI just came out of here, was doing things, and there were just no s- safeguards. There were no nothing to protect the writers. So, you know, I, I'm not going to comment and say this is a win or a loss because shit, I don't write anything. I don't even I don't even fucking write anything for the show, let alone <laughs> write, write for the movies. So I can't like say this is amazing, but it looks like they've put in some safeguards. And, yes, and that's they needed at least that. They needed some protections. 
And every time they there's been a strike, it's been like over technology. Like the 1988 strike was about VHS that just come out. They didn't know how to deal with it. And the 0708 was about the internet. And uh, and now and streaming. And now it's more about streaming and AI in the future. But all of these things, if you read the contract, it is a solid foundation for protection. So, and I think the SAG uh, is going to come with a very similar deal now that they've sorted this out. Rugs. Uh, what do you think is the, are those AI protections good? I think it's a start. I think yeah. it's good. I feel like uh, the technology is going to move faster than this, so it's good for now. I it think is. eventually the there's going to be another reckoning down the road because, as we know, this technology is just exponentially getting even more and more sophisticated and able to do more and more Holy things. Holy shit! Yeah. And uh, there's going to be a time where all of this AI protection is going to be moot point. I mean, three years from now, it's going to look very different. I've never seen fucking shit move so quickly. There are hundreds of AI apps that do everything right now. When you have something that's thinking on a a level that like AI never sleeps. AI is always working on to solve the problem. AI is always looking to better itself because it's, you know, it has nothing else to do. Yeah. You know? Now we got. We just got to figure out a distract AI. Has anybody seen um like the AI hot girl in social media influencers on Instagram? Have you caught any of these? Uh, no, but I'm sure that I'm. Maybe I did, and I didn't know you it. Probably didn't know it. I watched this. Anthony, you've seen any of these? You know, I've seen some stuff where I'm like, that looks my that might be AI, right? So I, I think I've maybe inadvertently seen it and been a little thrown off by it not looking completely real. I mean, I've watched a video on like how to create an AI influencer and it's a crazy hack where you find a photo of like, find a photo of a celebrity or attractive person and then you make images of a completely AI person based on that photo. Then you take that photo and you find videos of these girls dancing and you go to another website and you input both things and the AI makes the fake person you generated turns them into an AI hot girl dancing video that you could just post under whatever name you want. Mm. It's kind Mm. of wild. We should all try. I see a new business. Yes, I might. And then, yes, because then those AI influencers are probably getting sponsors and post paid posts and shit. And none of this shit is real. It's crazy. You, Mm. you're not going to be able to trust anything. We'll see when we get to the movie, we discuss, this is the future. (laughs) They're going to take over. Uh, anyways, listener, let us know what you think about all this. Join the conversation. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. Jock and Nerd. There's a link in the episode description. It is a closed exclusive group just for you. Just for just us. Just for you. Just for you listening right and now. Men. Just for men. Just for men. Hair dye. Beard dye. I don't, you dude, my, I got my hair. I don't see the side of my head often. And there's just like a white stripe going around. Have you ever just fermented anything? Imran? No, fuck that. That's too much work. I'm way too lazy. Oh my God. Fucking okay. dye the shit. This is his own brand. Just for Imran. It's just for Imran. It turns everything white. Just for Imran. He just continues to pull his hair out. Yes. Well, he, he buys this thing. It looks like uh, a vat of ice cream with chocolate and vanilla on it. Yes. It's just black and white. <laughs> And he sometimes he evens it all out. It's, you know. it's just for Imran. It's just it's a box with white paint and a fucking paintbrush. Then you just Oreo go. ice cream or yeah, reverse Oreo, reverse. <laughs> what's like? What's something that was that's brown on the inside and was brown on the outside, but it's now white on the outside? What's something that's brown on the inside and white on the outside? What is that? White chocolate. 
right? No, Michael white Jackson. Well, Michael Jackson, yeah. White chocolate <laughs> is all white. There's no brown. What about, on the what about uh, aren't there ice creams that you eat that are like chocolate on the inside and white on the outside? Reverse, like a chocolate core, maybe. Yeah, there's like yeah. chalk. There's like chocolate covered vanilla pops, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I am. I'm not. I don't know. I'm trying to so think of a dove bar. I'm basically. a dove bar. I'm a reverse dove bar. I don't know what I. I got a hard candy shell. Uh, anyway, so look now that people can go back to work and start writing shit. That's great. And uh, there's been some developments over on uh, uh, at Marvel, the MCU, Disney, Marvel. Uh, the very first any kind of news about their X-Men reboot. Oh, shit. Uh, where this movie, they had not started working on this movie. This movie has finally started development and they are accepting. Basically, they're accepting pitches from writers for this movie. This is where we are. It's just started. So it's kind of surprising. All right, pitch me a movie. Well, here we go. Let's pitch it. it, Where do you want to go? I saw this other rumor saying uh, they don't want to include Wolverine in the initial team lineup, kind of like in the comics where it was just. Fine. I think that makes sense. Yeah, you could start with your Cyclops and uh, Iceman and uh, Angel and Jean Grey. I think you just go with the original lineup. Beast, right? Yeah. Um, But... It's let's pitch them the movie. The thing is, I think Deadpool three is going to lead into this a lot. Uh, they're going to kill all the Fox X-Men and maybe keep Hugh Jackman around. Maybe Taylor Swift is playing Dazzler as they were all seen hanging out at the fucking Kansas City Chiefs game. Did you guys see that? I did. I, I saw that. And that's immediately what I thought. Is, did you really? Yeah. Well, at first I was like, whoa, that's a hell of a roster of friends. Taylor oh, my Swift God. Has. Yeah. And then I went. Um, she's fucking the dazzler. There's no reason why she's with those other those two people. Hey, so this is what I thought because she's friends with Blake Lively. Maybe it was married to Ryan Reynolds, who has been working with Hugh Jackman on Deadpool. So maybe, maybe they all tap. But do you think Ryan Reynolds is like, hey, uh, I got a role for you? By I the think, way, I think. Well, I, here's what I think. Yeah, especially now because Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey, who's on the Chiefs. Yep. I, I just didn't. It didn't hit me. But uh, it's now dawned on me after seeing all the Taylor Swift mania that's infected the NFL. Yeah. She's one of the biggest fucking stars in the world. Absolutely. She's ruling the world right now. And she's ru- yeah, she's like the the amount of attention, the Chiefs and the sales of that guy's jersey and the like yep. it's all crazy. Yeah. And what I think Marvel's probably doing is they're like They need that. Yeah, let's just let's just ape off Taylor and put her in the fucking movie. And probably Deadpool kills her. Yes, and have Deadpool kill all the X Men. Not a bad move. Listen, whether they're I like Taylor Swift die in a movie, yeah, that'd be great. Whether their like relationship <laughs> is sincere or not, it's a fucking brilliant marketing on both parts, right? You get all the Taylor Swift fans watching football, then you get all the people watching football uh, are now their their girlfriends are happy because she's. I, I don't. I don't think Taylor Swift has much to gain out of get dating Travis Kelsey. No, yeah. Well, that's true. It is a, a little one-sided. Like yeah, thirty times more famous than he is. But that's and how he's you famous as a football player. Yeah, but that's not going to last more than like maybe another month. That's how you get ratings. You put fucking Taylor Swift. That's in true. No, you're right. I mean, it's just made their little relationship has made things even more crazy. Plus, look, she has a concert film coming out. The pre-sales of that concert film broke all sorts of records on Fandango. Uh, here's my prediction. Once that movie comes out, you're not going to see her any more Chiefs games. Like, I think she's just doing this to stay. It's a brilliant move. If this is like legit PR move, 
Can we talk about Taylor Swift just really, really quickly? Sure. Yeah. How many Taylor Swift songs do you think you can name rattle off Anthony? I don't think I can name very many, but if you played the song, I would probably know the chorus. But okay, but you can't name them or hum them on your own. I, I, I'm drawing a blank right Shake now. Shake it off. Oh, yeah. that's a good one. The one about it's me, I'm the problem, it's me. That's all I know. That's new. Yeah. They're that's all, new. it's all They're like all TikTok catchy. songs. Yeah. What's the, I can't think of them off the top because I don't listen to her that often. Bad Blood, well, that's a good fucking song. Uh, I've heard, and I've heard her concerts are fucking amazing. Like it's a struggle for like, for any person that doesn't have a vagina to like, <laughs> or that likes to, or likes to have sex with a vagina. Like um, <laughs> you, you always, I ask the, all these the same with the same criteria. You have like, do you like having sex with a vagina, and do you not have one? And <laughs> if you if you say yes to both of those, and you I ask you how many Taylor Swift songs you know, you know zero. Or like your struggle to to name like two or three. I just don't know the names. But if, like I said, if you play the name, it's, of the it's song, just I find it incredible that that that, you know, that yeah, it, that's a reality. And then the, and the size of the stardom, it's crazy, uh, dude. It does all that matters is she is the <laughs> biggest fucking music, one of the biggest personality the on the planet right now. Yeah, it's just there's no denying. And I'm about to play some Taylor Swift songs. Like now it's other, but yeah, there is no denying that she is one of the top stars in the world. Oh, I'm not denying it. I just don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Makes no sense. <laughs> I, think, I think if you do like, if from what I've seen, I think she just does a good job of like shifting her genres. Yeah. So like country to pop to you know, whatever's relevant, she kind of just shifts to it. Well, I do like that she doesn't make pussy music. She does not. Yes. Like she's not it's like wholesome for the most part you can play like, it in the car she with your using, she started dropping curses in the, in the last few albums but like for the most part she's been pretty squeaky clean so well the thing the running joke though is if she if you break up with her she'll sing about i it. was gonna say oh well, it's gonna be great when they now, break up is, write a whole album about now, what do you think that's about like what do you think the fact that she can she just dates dudes and then and then it doesn't work out she, she writes what she knows that's what you do as a writer are you know. asking why why it doesn't work out or why she writes like what, what what do you have a do you have a hypothesis anthony of why it doesn't work out with dudes yeah like you think that's a guy a would cling on to it for dear life because this girl's got money well no so then so i would actually go the opposite route i think most guys no guy there's hardly like there's probably a very, 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 very small percentage of guys that make more money than her. Yeah. So I don't think they can handle it. Intimidating. I mean, and then I just, think, yeah. I think she, she's going to, in every relationship, run the show. Yeah. All eyes think. will be on her. And, and a lot of men would probably find that emasculating, even though they're with her. Wow. And, she might, and she might be crazy. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was the same thing with like Jennifer Aniston. She went through so many dudes and I'm like, man, What's what's the deal, Jen Aniston? Well, you think about like Beyonce has been with Jay Z yeah. for all this time. Yeah. But he makes more or makes just as much, if not more, than her. She wrote a right. whole album about him. Or a song. Yeah, yeah I think he cheated on her too, but right. Um, yeah. A lot of oh, the big actresses. Yeah. That's how you keep him in check. You cheat on them. <laughs> it would be a big get for the MCU to get the tw- Taylor, the Swifties. Because they would, oh my god, they would all that movie would hit fucking three billion dollars. They'd all come out. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, but 
uh, I, you know, again, we're like X Men. It's like four years away. What the, what they need to do in this Deadpool movie is just cast like <laughs> Taylor Swift, Drake, uh-huh. Beyonce. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kill just, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just cat. I would love to see Drake die in a movie too. <laughs> and Lizzo, no. She was yeah, Lizzo Wars. too. Yeah, yeah Lizzo. get them all in there. Lizzo, <laughs> have them kill all the X Men. You're gonna make a killing. That's how again. And- that was a good question. The um, naming the songs because I can't really name any. <laughs> I feel like it's like one of those things. Like we, you know that meme uh, asking people if they think about uh, the Roman Empire. Oh yeah, I saw that. Do you think about the Roman Empire? <laughs> Apparently, all men always are thinking about I the Roman Empire. I always think about the Roman Empire. I don't know. I'm if constantly I'm, thinking. I, Anthony, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Oh, maybe like never, right? Maybe it crosses my mind two or three times in a year. A year, okay, that makes sense. But I like history. Yeah, so that, that, I would say I'm an outlier. All these videos, these guys are like, oh yeah, I think about it every day. And I'm but like, you and really? Ron, you never no. think about the Roman Empire? No, maybe once a year, like maybe more, more like Anthony's pace, like occasionally, but I would say like half a dozen times a year. Uh, okay, that's fair. That seems yeah. normal. Not every fucking day. Constantly. I think uh, almost every day. Why? Yeah. To make this no sense. What <laughs> do you think about the Roman you, Empire? You don't like gladiators, Imran? You like movies about gladiators, don't you, Billy? Well, does does it count when you use the phrase "when in Rome"? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> do I you, do say "when in Rome" when in, okay. a lot. Okay, that just. I don't. But I'm, not, I'm not thinking about the Rome. I don't know if I'm necessarily thinking about the Roman Empire at that point. You're just thinking about Italian. Like when I when I walk around and I see architecture with columns in it, I yeah. immediately think of Rome. Yeah. When I see statues, when I walk into a church, like you know, I, I I unconsciously make those connections all the time. So there you go. When I see people getting crucified, I think about the Roman Empire. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> When I think people about bathing their togas in urine to clean them, I think about the Roman when I, Whenever I go to the Turkish bath, I think about the Roman Whenever Empire. I think about how they wipe their ass with one sponge and uh, everybody uses the same sponge, I think about the Roman Empire. I see people conquering other less fortunate peoples. I think about them. Yeah, they made slaves of everyone. They weren't, they didn't were like, hey, they just anyone that they, they took over, they made slaves. But they build roads and aqueducts. <laughs> Whenever I see an aqueduct, which is often. But you can get out of being a slave if you're, if you're badass enough. That's true. They're like, yeah, they just free people. Look at. <laughs> that was sometimes. A, yeah, that was I a, was looking at images of Taylor Swift. And I'm like, oh, well, she's she's a very pleasant looking person. No, she's very attractive and yeah. almost seems like somebody created her. Like she's a robot. AI. She yeah, seems like she, she looks like an AI, AI person. Yeah. I listen, listen. I respect her shows. Apparently, are fucking amazing, and she's got you know not so sing for three hours, and so I respect <laughs> the craft. I respect that she re- recorded all her music after. Her manager fucking sold it without telling her the rights well, to her is music. That, is that the story? I don't. I don't yeah. know shit. I forgot that dude's name, but everybody. She he doesn't has, have. She didn't have rights to her own tape, so she just said, "Fuck it, I still own the songs. I'm going to record them again." Yeah, she's like, "You keep those. I'm going to." Which is a huge them. pain in the ass because sometimes when you're in the studio, it's like lightning in a bottle. You can't right. recreate that shit. But to control your fate is a baller move. So, anyways, sure. what are we talking about? X Men. Well, I got no. one last Taylor Swift. Yes. Thing. Uh. I do like that she bounced back from Kanye just trying to like torpedo her career that oh, one yeah. year on MTV when yeah. he was like, Beyonce had one of the best albums of all time. Yeah. All time. Just while she was like winning an award yeah. for best album. Yeah, but isn't isn't Beyonce have a competing tour and it's doing yeah. not we're not as well as Taylor's? I, mean, I don't know well. the numbers, but she I would I would always consider Beyonce one of the top stars in the world. I don't know if she's done as well as Taylor though this lately. 
I saw somebody said Travis Kelsey on his podcast was like, she makes the same amount of money in one night at the tour that I make like all season. It's making like ten million dollars a pop every. That's day. probably true. Yeah, and it's a fucking yeah. crazy, yeah, crazy swimming in money. Yeah, it's. Insane. I mean, she did three shows in Chicago at yeah. Soldier Field, and yeah. that's a stadium that holds sixty-five thousand people. She yeah. sold all three out. That's crazy. And with like people up lining up like to buy, like yeah, she probably could have done five shows. Yeah, yeah. No, clearly, right now. Why did this happen? Why did we talk about this? Because we were talking about the X Men and <laughs> and Deadpool three. We're so we, we so don't care about the X Men reboot. That's Fuck what X Men. Moving on. Let's see what's no. going on yeah. uh, over at the DC Studios and James Gunn's. This is also another non story. It is, and he basically James Gunn on thread. Somebody asked him what's canon, and he told us okay what everybody knows. He said nothing is canon until Creature Commandos. But he did explain, and it's kind of, uh, he says, nothing is canon until Creature Commandos next year, a sort of aperitif to the DCU, and then a deeper dive into the universe of Superman Legacy. After that, it's a very human drive to want to understand everything all the time, but I think it's okay to be confused on what's happening in the DCU since no one has seen anything from the DCU yet. He then continues, says, some actors will be playing characters they've played in other stories, and some plot points might be consistent with plot points from the dozens of films, shows, and animated projects that have come from DC in the past, but nothing is canon until Creature Commandos and Superman Legacy. Also confirming, he named three three character actors and three actors who are part of the DCE, the new DCU, and it is Sholo Maraduena, who will continue to play Blue Beetle, Viola Davis, Will be Amanda Waller and John Cena as P- do, Peacemaker. Do, do, do. The only three he mentioned. <laughs> you have to do it. <laughs> no mention <laughs> of uh, Gal Gadot or Momoa or anybody else or the new Batman is. But I feel like I heard that he's going to be announcing something soon. But like we knew all this, uh, anyways. Um, I don't know who his wife is playing. Oh, that's the most yeah, important. Jennifer Holland is definitely going to be back as Amelia Hardcourt. You got to imagine. Wait, what is that? That's John Cena. Anthony, you just say with Echo, Imran. Can you do that? No. No, I can't. What were you going to say, Imran? I was going to say, what do you think of these three? Jolo, Viola Davis, John Cena. They deserve to keep come back and continue. I blanked out once Rugs went. So are they confirmed going back? Yes. He said those three will continue as their characters. John Cena, Sholo, and Viola Davis. Davis. I like them, yeah. But then that's weird. Why? How are they coming back? But he's saying nothing's canon until Creature Commando. Uh, he just, are, we, are, we, oh, are we doing the... Um, what's that fucking guy's name that's playing Matt Murdock? Oh, Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox slash um, the guy playing Wilson Fist. I'm like, I can't think of anything. Vincent D'Onofrio. Sort of. We're doing that thing where it's like, we brought him back. It's the guy, but it's not really the guy that you had in the other movie. A little bit. A little bit. I think so, because we don't, I mean, we kind of got, we see Charlie Cox. Uh, and we actually we've seen it, both but of you them. Can, you, like it's Charlie Cox. It's but the it's same guy, the, but it's yeah. like also not the same guy. But it's not the same, same guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Viola Davis, amazing a- uh, actor. You got to hold on to the Viola Davis. Yeah, she, she's a great character. She's yeah. a great actor. And she definitely encapsulates Waller. If anything, they should yeah. be fucking putting her out more. Yes. Um, Sholo, I liked him in Blue Beetle. Yeah. Cena, 
I like John Cena as the pe- as Peacemaker, and we knew that was going to happen because fucking James Gunn made Peacemaker. Yeah, so. he came out, and that, I mean, and he is great as Peacemaker. He's writing season two. I can't wait for that. So I I want if he's about to make an announcement, what do you want to hear? I want to hear who's playing fucking Batman and Robin and Brave and the Bold. Is Momoa going to be Lobo? Is who's Wonder Woman? This is the stuff that I want to hear, but he's not. These saying. are important things, you run. But he's not. He's not saying. These shit. are real stories. These are real stories. He continues to just say shit that everybody already knows. Yeah. So that's where we're at at DC. What about you, Rugs? Any other comment on those? Does it does it do anything for you? I don't give a shit. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I want to watch Creature Commanders though, because I know my boy uh, Frank Grillo's on that. Yeah. Oh, Grillo's playing a voice. That means, and those, all those people voicing him are gonna can show up live action. He said. So you know me. Yeah. But who oh, are you? Who are you? Are you the sophisticated? <laughs> We're all just here for the dick jokes, Grillo. Thank you. Uh, okay, let's move on. I got two trailers I want to discuss real quick. Uh, a new movie from uh, Matthew Vaughn, uh, Kingsman, Kickass, Spay, Matthew Vaughn. Uh, this movie's called Argyle. It's got an amazing cast starring in this movie. Uh, Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Howard, Dua Lipa, Ariana DeBose, Sam Rockwell, Sophia Botella, Samuel L. Jackson, John Cena, Catherine O'Hara, Brian Cranston. Uh, just a fantastic cast here in a trailer that is uh, kind of a twist on a spy movie where we meet a writer of a spy novel and whatever she's writing is coming true. And you have Henry Cavill with a fucking weird-ass flat-top haircut. Anthony, yes. let's start with you. Uh, what'd you make out of this? Dua Lipa looks fantastic in this trailer. I'm just going to start with that. Dua Lipa is, is, is nice to look at. I've seen her live. Oh, you have? Oh, I have, yeah. That's a good show, too. Yeah, I've seen Dua Lipa. Uh, what do I think of Argyle? I watched the trailer. I was a little confused of what the plot was. But now that you've explained it, now I understand. I like Matthew Vaughn. I've always liked all. I've liked most Matthew Vaughn movies I've seen. Yeah. I've seen Kick Ass, yeah. First Class. I really liked. Yeah, Days of Future Pass. I liked. Yeah, he didn't direct that though, so um, he didn't write it. Uh, the Kingsman one, I liked. I think we saw. Did we watch Kingsman two? Uh, yeah, we did watch the second he, one. He's <laughs> not as good. The Golden Circle. No, not, not as good. good. Not as good. But he has a distinct style. Sure. And this is showing up in here too, where it's like this hyper-realistic world. And I've always enjoyed his movies, and this is a fantastic cast. So, yeah, I'm in. It is a really fun trailer. They do explain all that writing in in the trailer, kind of like that it's coming true. Um, But, and you get a little bit of Matthew Vaughn's goofiness, right? With the fucking cat uh, flying up in the air, which... That's the only thing that bugged me at the end of like yeah, Kingsman. Yeah, I found where, that to be weird. Where the fucking yeah, heads exploded. Right. right, yeah. It's like, remember the heads were exploding? But he did give us that amazing scene in the church. And uh, Sam Rockwell looks great in this. Ruggs, what do you, what do you make of this? this well, is, Matthew this is Vaughn is a, uh, you know, I know you don't like his movies. but I, I like uh, some of them. <laughs> I like thick ass. I do the think that movies. he's good for a laugh. And it can make an, uh, an occasional exciting action scene. Um, I'm wary that uh, Cavill's going to be window dressing, you know, as well as Dua Lipa. I like Dua Lipa, and I also like her sister, Una Lipa. <laughs> yeah, Lipa. but she's not, she's not in this movie. So uh, Tria Lipa, is, <laughs> that's an acquired taste, my friend. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm into this. Uh, it should be funny. The, the, the cat 
weird cat thing that that kind of is odd but who knows it's a comedy so like you can get away with a lot more yeah but uh, i'll check it out why not uh john cena and dua lipa last uh working together in the barbie movie also that's they were, right they were both in that one i mean there's a shot of sam rockwell like leaping through the ground with a gun shooting everyone so i mean he he is he is a, a decent action director you know guy who's doing it right now absolutely um but then he's got like the very uh, personality and there's some goofy shits but he, i like this. he's like comedy forward though yeah it's comedy action fantastic cast uh when does this come out uh sometime later oh february it's february 2nd okay let's finish with this one last trailer that just came out today this one silent night about uh joel kinnaman kids get shot he gets shot in the throat can't talk and then on Christmas Eve decides he's going to get revenge and murder everyone. There is no dialogue in this movie. Anthony, what did you think of this trailer? I thought it was good. Um, this is a movie that we're going to have to probably watch. Um, Absolutely. I'm in. I'm in. I mean, John Woo do returning to the U.S. I don't know if he was gone or not. Maybe he wasn't. Someone else can answer that. But any sort of John Woo you're doing revenge flick where a guy gets wrong, kid gets killed out for revenge, kill them all, writing on the calendar, working out without a shirt on. It's yeah. Joel Kingman who yeah. looks like a guy that probably could kill a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's a good, he's, like, he's tall. Yeah. Yeah. He's tall and he's a good, like B minus actor. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, I'm in, you know, all I, the only thing is, and maybe I missed, I, I would have liked to seen some doves. Oh, yeah. There's no birds. No birds. No dual. Did I, were there dual guns? I would have liked to seen that. Oh, there's definitely two guns in here somewhere. I think he's, he's toned it down a little bit. Yeah, I think he's toning down himself. Yeah. But there's still some of the cool shit, like the stuff going in slow motion. Yeah. Um, so it looks like an upgraded version of John Woo that I, I'm not used to from the 90s movies I've watched. So maybe he's toning it down and making a a, a little more uh, less stylish action film, just more in line of what we're getting now. And I'm down for any of it. So all all I have to say is I'm in. It is his first American movie in 20 years. Rugs, does this give you geek boner, floppy jock? What do you? Have? I'm just I don't know yet. I'm curious though because I'm I'm always up to see John Woo. He's up to and um, I mean the premise of him not saying anything that's interesting too. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's an action film, and if it's a John Woo action film, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. So it's without saying, I'm gonna probably be in the theater to watch it. I I never really cared for Joel Kinnaman, but I've been, I've become a fan uh, recently because he's been in uh, For All Mankind, and uh, that he was great in the Suicide Squad. He's jacked in this. Apparently, this guy's been training. He does ninety percent of the stunts. So, you know, it's great when you and John Woo has a guy who's willing to do it. was RoboCop, goddammit. He was RoboCop, wasn't he? I barely remember yeah. that RoboCop. But you got shots to the head. You got cars flipping, violent kills. The trailer looks a little low budgety. I don't know. There's something weird about it. Um, yeah, it looks like maybe like a low budget Netflix movie or something. But that could be good. It could force him to be more creative and... Uh, no, I'm down again. Like you said, John Woo coming There's back. There's no shot that this is a big box office hit. Not probably not. None, no, 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 you have no star power. Yeah, the concept is is good, but it's not going to get people in seats. So, it'll, yeah, it's yeah. probably going to do like what all these 
a lot of these movies are, are doing right now, like not doing well for some reason. Well, it'll be like that movie. Nobody, right. It's got the producer from John wick, but about that size and probably people uh, that much people knowing about it. It'll be like nobody, but it comes out the same day uh, that Godzilla minus one comes out. So we might do have to do a double that weekend. Ooh, minus it would double double. Minus one. Silent night this December. Check it out. All right, let's take a break here, play some promos, and come back and talk about AI kids and Denzel Washington's kid with AI <laughs> kids in a movie. Right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. What's up? This is Brian, and I'm the host of Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. That's right, a podcast dedicated to my favorite TV show, Parks and Rec. Every week, I discuss my favorite things about the show, which include character breakdowns, episode rewatches, and other random facts and tidbits about the show. You can find me on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast and listen wherever you get your podcast now. You will literally love it. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Listener, if you enjoy the show and if you're a Taylor Swift fan, you should definitely join our Patreon fan. Are you a Swifty? Are you a Swifty? And you belong to the Jock and Nerd Podcast fan club. Do you know who Taylor is dating? Do you have tickets to the concert movie? Uh, You should join. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jock and Nerd! To support, to give back. Everything goes back into providing for the show, making sure it comes out every week. And we appreciate all the continued support. You get things like access to an exclusive podcast feed where there's instant reactions to movies, bonus content. The shows come out early. You can come hang out with us on our monthly Discord. October's Discord will be Thursday, October 19th, 8 p.m. There's always details to that on our Patreon page. And you can pick any movie you want for us to review just for you. There is a tier where you get an exclusive T-shirt. Lots of fun stuff over on the Patreon. Check it out. Link in the episode description. Okay, let's get to this week's review. We are going to be reviewing a new science fiction movie called The Creator. Here's your spoilers. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. You fucks. Spoiler time. Spoiler time. Ah, The Creator. We are all very excited for this. Um, On Rotten Tomatoes, currently, it's sitting at a 68% on the tomato meter. 6.8 out of 10, 77% audience rating. Uh, Box office wise doesn't do that well as anticipated. This weekend was a Saw Patrol weekend, by the way. Mm. Nothing like Barbenheimer. No. Saw X and Paw Patrol came out. So this movie was made for $80 million, and that's very modest. We'll get into that for the way this movie looks. It opened with $14 million opening weekend. It's currently sitting at uh, just 30, 32 million worldwide. It opened number three. Paw Patrol opens one, beats Saw X at number two, and then the creator. So never doubt the power of Paw Patrol. 
Puppies, man. They will, they will put butts in seats. This one, of course, directed by Gareth Edwards. Not Evans, like you said, Rugs, in your instant reaction. It's okay. You get confused. <laughs> Gareth Evans directed The Raids. Gareth Edwards. Uh, yeah, I knew that was wrong. <laughs> Immediately after I did it, I'm like, I'm not recording it again. No, it's fine. We knew who you meant. Uh, of course, made such films as Monster, uh, Godzilla 2014, Rogue One in 2016. And The Raid. And he did not direct The Raid. That's okay. the other no, guy. Fuck. Who was that? Gareth Emery? E- no. Evans. 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 I get these confused. Yes. I think I've said this before, but there's yes. also a Gareth Emery DJ. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, I always get Edwards, Emery, and Evans confused. Who would have thought there'd be so, so many Garrets of all yeah. things? Imagine there was a Gary Edwards and a Gary Evans, too. Gary. <laughs> Uh, Gary De Gareth Edwards directed and co-wrote this. <laughs> co-wrote the screenplay with Chris White's uh, music by Hans Zimmer. It's a pretty good oh, get for good. music. Yeah. Good, yeah, starring John David Washington, Denzel's son, of course. Uh, the debut of Madeline Yuna Voilis, who plays little android Alfie. Uh, you got Gemma Chan in this. Allison Janney, Ken Watanabe, Sturgill Simpson. Uh, and a bunch of other people. That's your main cast. Anthony, what happens in this PG-13 movie? Runs about two hours, 15 minutes. What happens in the creator? What happens in the creator? Well, we are in the future when AI has taken over. And because it has taken over, uh, the U.S. is at war with AI because they view it as a threat after a nuke has gone off in L.A. So we're in the future. U.S. is hunting AI all across the world, specifically in New Asia, where they have embraced AI. And this is deeply personal for one man played by John David Washington as his future wife and uh, mother of his child was killed in this battle between AI and uh, humans or the U.S. And now he is sent on a mission to get rid of the or find and destroy the weapon that can change everything in this war and it just so happens that the weapon is an AI kid yeah little so, there you go very cute kid all right well uh you know we talked about this movie uh that last trailer got you kind of hyped it was very emotional uh watching this after it ended where was your head what do you think opening thoughts and 30 opening thoughts I was I don't know if you had a chance to listen to my I did you did the rugs did you or no yeah oh oh, okay so you guys know what i was saying but the audience doesn't know correct i was uh i was very hyped for this movie original sci-fi piece you know we don't get this very often decent budget good director good actor and act good good cast interesting story Overall, I think the movie is beautifully shot. I think I give kudos to you know a somewhat original idea. A lot of things are taken from different different forms of media, whether it be Blade Runner, or Terminator, or some maybe some anime or uh, Apocalypse Now, the Vietnam War. It's almost like AI in a Vietnam War setting. Yeah, like a war movie yeah. with AI in in Vietnam. Yeah, um, it's I think it's in Thailand. So all that's good. I will say the movie left me a little cold. I wasn't as into it throughout the movie as I thought I would be. I was a bit disappointed in that sense. I felt like a lot of really cool stuff, but for me, it just didn't coalesce into a super interesting movie. I don't know that he, that the writers or uh, Gareth 
Edwards. Edwards. <laughs> crafted the best film with all the ideas they had. I don't know that they spent enough time in everything or on enough of the key parts that I thought I found interesting. So overall, I, I was a little, um, I was a little blah about the movie. I, I, I respect what was happening on screen and how good, good it looks. And there were some good emotional beats, but uh, I just didn't get fully into it. I don't know. I think I just felt it to be a little, a little boring. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't feel like there was an, I don't think the movie for me ever got out of second gear. Mm. I'll put it like that. Mm. A little, maybe a little hollow, a little shallow for you. Yeah, and I'm not saying that there's shallow themes. I just don't know. I don't know. It just didn't for me fully connect. And, I, and this is a a common theme with this director. Yeah. Yes. You know where where parts of the movie are really spectacular, like Godzilla, and then yeah. other parts are just kind of a drag. And I felt like there was a lot of points in this movie where I was just going dragon. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'm just not feeling it. So all right. There you go. Fair enough. Let me balance this out a little by saying you loved it. It's not right. It's not a perfect movie. Yes, uh, you know it has issues. It did drag a little bit in the, in in the middle and at parts. Maybe the character's a little thin, but this is. Fu- I really enjoyed this movie. This is like the sci-fi I love. You know, we'll get into the visuals, but just fucking impressive, stunning visuals for the price. I thought the world building was great. Uh, I like John David Washington. The fucking kid is amazing as it was, doesn't do any of the annoying child things. It's the first time this girl's been in a movie. I love the design, the production design. I really, I really enjoyed it. Yes, it is derivative, but I think it's more inspired by these movies. And he, uh, that's the thing. I think the pros outweigh the cons in the sense that he does try to give us an original sci-fi story. And it, this is a movie that uh yeah would, would it's almost like a throwback like they used to make these movies all the time in the late 80s and in the 90s you don't see this anymore coming out so i appreciated the ambition and kind of the 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 thoughtfulness and the the passion he put into this so i really enjoyed it rugs yeah wh- where are you going to go what'd you think I went struggling with this movie because i have things i like about it a lot and yeah. i have things that i don't like about it this whole thing about it being an instant classic and like one of these great sci-fi movies. I don't think that that it's achieved that. I think that it is a good sci-fi movie. And I think that there, there are like district nine and Elysium are all these kind of like sleepers, like chappy, these sleeper sci-fi movies that have been made that are kind of on the same level or, but maybe more entertaining or whatever. But Edwards has got an issue with his, uh, like, I guess his, the pacing and giving into the, he d- gives in too much to performances and not enough to actually like, meet to the things. Like, yeah. Things seem to be like layered, but like the layers don't really like get you what to what you need. So uh, I, there's two kinds of world building. There's, soft world building and there's hard world building and hard world building is like when you really think about everything and then you show people like what you've thought of you've like lord of the rings does it does the james cameron does it a lot like he gives you answers to the questions you know how it works you know how the world works you know all the rules in it and they stick to the rules and whatever this one they didn't really explain a lot right because they think okay you know what ai is we don't need to explain that 
you don't know, but you don't know like what AI can do. Yeah. You don't know what, how far it goes. Like, shouldn't AI be able to just take over everything all the time? And what are they doing to stop that? There's all these questions that maybe he thought were irrelevant, but like it, it, it makes the movie weaker when you don't even you, if you're going to ignore all those things, you have to have a very riveting story. Yeah. And it's very, the story is very much like we've seen this story a thousand times. Like James Cameron's done this. The matrix yeah. has done this. Yeah. Like literally every children of men yep. uh, there, you know, there's so much, um, a lot of it, even though Akira is not a cyberpunk uh, AI story, a lot of like just shots from Akira, like that satellite shooting things down. That's very derivative of Akira. And then, and then there's, there's this other thing of like the satellite is, is like looming over everyone. And how are they trying to do like an attack, like a covert attack? And the thing can just this, see this everything. Big, this giant thing that's making lights everywhere. Like, oh, we're, we're going to sneak up on you. Like, like, what is this? Like, so there are things that don't make any sense. I, so I said that with that said, um, I did enjoy this film. I did enjoy lots of moments of it. And I thought that the actors were really good. And I think Allison Janney was good. I think that the end sequence up on top of Nomad was good. The biggest feat in this movie is that Edwards was able to make this movie look this good and yeah. this polished and this and, and this great. Like I mean, it, the the way this movie looks compared to like other hundred million or hundred million plus two hundred million dollar movies is so impressive to me that I was like, wow, I'm going to give this movie a little bit more of a pass because like if okay, so some movies are like low budget. They can't make all the stuff happen, but they got some kind of an edge to them. They got some kind of like balls. They're doing things that are crazy, whatever. Um, this movie's not doing anything edgy or crazy, but at least it's presenting it in a very, very sophisticated, artful way. Grounded, very grounded, grounded, realistic. It has the right feel. Yeah, the tone so, is great. Like it's got layers of like Blade Runner. It's got layers of like all that stuff. And um, so I, I tip my hat to that very much. I thought, as I said, the actor performances were good. So I like. I'm very conflicted about it. I'm. I'm kind of like. I can see that. Like I was. I enjoyed myself in the moment. I thought there was going to be more. And maybe on a second watch, maybe the layers will kind of fill in more of the gaps. And I always find that when I watch a movie with captions on, I always get an extra little bit, too, um, of things that are said kind of that you don't really notice in the mix in right. the beginning. Yeah. Um, but I really think that this movie needs need more meat to it. Yeah. I felt like I felt like it was very surface level. Mm -hmm. I felt like there wasn't enough rich world building where I, I understood this. Like, like they they basically like wave off a major point in the movie in one line. They're like, "Oh, the robots never really did that." Yes, and I'm like, "That's just one line." They like, there's no like big revelation. There's nothing like, and uh, like like why are the robot like like I don't know. I, there was just something really important missing. Well, he they do that kind of twice. Yeah, there's the revelation that the the attack was actually a human coding error and they blame the ai and then also ken watanabe's character just offhand like you he mentions one time if we can get alfie up in nomad she can destroy it 
And the, it does the thing where there's like kind of multiple endings and you think it's over, but it keeps going. Uh, and and eventually that's the plan they use. I will agree that all the hype we heard was probably a uh, little exaggerated. It is, you know, it is a very good movie. Uh, maybe one of my favorite movies this year, but like greatest ever sci-fi. I don't know about that. The, the no. Th- oh, the, no. I, well, no, yeah. no, that's, no. That was way hyperbole. But I, I, yes. think, I think people are just excited that they're getting an original sci-fi yes. movie that looks good. I, I would also add in there, we had a $100 million movie last week that we reviewed. Yes, I was <laughs> thinking like about shit. Expendables got 4. An $80 million. No. Yes. It's like, what, what happened in these two movies? But you can tell this one on location using the CGI to enhance things. So those are all great things. I completely agree. A couple things as Ruggs was talking, I also wanted to add is we also got the reveal that Nirmada is Maya. Right. And anyone could see that coming a mile away. Like you don't cast Gemma Chan to kill her in the first 10 minutes. Well, uh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was like a reveal that was like, Oh, not a reveal. And it's like, Oh, the dot, the, the kid is actually like your daughter. Yeah, it's right. Well, after the which is child. like, yeah. I, I mean, I it makes it more. I don't think that was necessary. Number one, two. The kid doesn't look half black. <laughs> fucking honest. <laughs> they used <laughs> the embryo and made her. I don't know. Uh, so it, that was a little like, uh. And then the the other thing that was I was like under like having a really tough time understanding the physics of was nomad is in the sky everywhere it can't be everywhere it's where it is but no but the last shot whenever there's like multiple different people across the world looking up in the sky and and seeing it falling apart huh like how is that possible if it's high up enough but yeah but but it doesn't but if it's high up enough yeah you wouldn't see it as well as there's like in the movie they're showing it everyone can see it yeah yeah But but then but then it's like supposed to be in space I just was having a tough time dealing with that. That's like more of a nitpick rather than yeah. like an issue with the story. But it reminded me of um, Nomad reminded me of Independence Day. Yeah. When the big alien mothership yeah. is like in the air destroying yeah. stuff. And it's like everywhere at once, but not where at once. It's also like a, like a destroyer starship from Star Wars. Or right. it's like, what's that other thing I was just thinking of? No, it's like a Star Wars. It's yeah, very, I mean, yeah. Like a Death Star or something. Yeah, but I will give the movie credit in that the way it gives makes you sympathize for the AI yes. is just showing you how shitty war is, and that like these random people and like towns get obliterated and people die, and like it's like oh we're just gonna we're just gonna make this Vietnam War, but with AI, and you're like okay now I understand why, like now I feel a little bit for the AI. Um, I always just come certainly maybe I'd like it more on another watch, but yeah. I feel like there's a there's probably like at least fifteen to twenty minutes of movie a movie missing here. Well, I, he started with like a five hour cut, that's so there's probably saw. like a four hour great movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You could use a little bit more because there's just there's actually a lot of like twists and like in themes, but I don't feel like we spend enough time with any of it. Yeah, we're not, so like. I don't completely love the relationship between Joshua Taylor and uh, Alfie. Really? Like, I feel like they could have gone a little bit more. Yeah. Because he like, it pivots to him actually just wanting to find his wife. Right. She has information. Right. And then like, I don't know. And then like, 
the the horrors of like AI and like oh like this movie kind of has a stance that AI becomes human and that it's actually not something to fear and something to embrace. It's our but, next like, evolution. Yeah, they just want right. to coexist. And that Peaceful. the U.S. is just um like power hungry and yeah. just wants to rid yeah. get rid like rid of everything. And I think there was maybe some interesting things there, but I, I think the movie just like dabbles in a lot of things. Yeah, but doesn't like. I think other than visually, it doesn't stake its fork in anything definitive. Like, is it a relationship movie? Is it a full-on uh, AI you know, message movie? Is it uh, a mystery movie? Is it a war movie? It's kind of like everything, but like some movies can do that. They can have be a little bit of everything and it may coalesces into something. I feel like this movie is a little bit of everything, but coalesces into like not much. See, I was by the end of it, I was surprised. I got I got a little emotional. I was surprised at how emotional it was. Like it got me a little bit. And you know, the I like line. Yeah, oh, the heaven line is great. Like you can't go to heaven because you're not good and I'm not a person. And by look, the ending is rushed, yes. But by the end of it, I thought it the the performances was convinced me enough that these two cared about each other. Uh and uh, you know, that almost got me. Uh, so it, the AI is almost a backdrop for a, a movie about like a father and a daughter yeah. or a man looking for his wife, but it's also man versus machine. So yes, there are a lot of themes, but I think that like, uh, the AI is not, it, it's, I think this cut of the movie makes the AI just like stand in for any, anybody that people don't like the other. Yes. They're the, it's the immigrant themes. It's the right. other, like that's the analogy. I think it's ironic because you do. You root for the AI. It's a reverse Terminator. War on right, AI, except right. I mean, that's I, a little bit subversive. But I, like, I like that. And I was like, yeah, fuck these Americans. Uh, but I just think it's funny as like they just were striking against AI. And then Disney is like, see, AI can be cute. Everybody. I What's think that like that only works if you explain AI a little bit more. Like if you really understand what AI does, like you really just don't understand anything about Nirmada. You don't understand like Gemma Chan's character like could have you could have seen some scenes like they were so busy with trying to hide the secret yeah mm-hmm. that they couldn't like they couldn't get like you you could see that like okay his friend started to change his mind about it but we're only seeing it through him he changes but you don't know why yeah you don't know why like so there's a like a big why missing and is and uh if you're going to hang your hat on like people feeling sympathy for the robots and wanting to side with them. Like you can do it with the kid. The kid's the instrument that you do that with. But if you don't have the kid, you got to have more, a lot more. And like, I feel like for some people, if the kid didn't work for you and that relationship didn't work for you, then the movie doesn't work as good. Well, yeah. If the kid had been annoying or dumb, stupid child actor shit, it would have, it would have ruined the whole thing. But the kid was fucking pitch perfect. I guess really the most important thing this movie does is show us what you could do with $80 million. Yes. Anthony, I was thinking about the fucking expendables. I was like, what <laughs> fuck 80. And I'll tell you, I read a lot about how he did it and it's kind of brilliant. He did everything backwards. This may be a new blueprint for studios uh, to follow. Cause even like Ant-Man and quantum mania, was like $250 million that looked like shit compared to this. So normally you do you start with concept art and then you're like, okay, we gotta build these sets to match the concept art. That costs a lot of money, a lot of green screen. He did this reverse. He went out, like you said, shot mostly in Thailand, but 80 locations around the world, including Cambodia, Indonesia, Japan, Nepal. 
shot it all on this $4,000, what they call a prosumer Sony mirrorless DSLR. This is a camera you could buy at fucking Amazon or Best Buy right now with a very small lighting rig so that they can have a smaller crew and uh, transport everyone to all these locations. So he shoots the whole movie, edits the whole movie, and then it is handed off to the VFX team to layer on top of a fully edited movie, which that also cuts down on time of them doing unnecessary shit. He didn't use any mocap dots or even green screen. Like you can see behind the scenes of shooting this and the kid behind their head where there's a hole and all that stuff. There's no like green fabric or anything. They, they just went on top. ILM and Weta both worked on this. They just went on top and did all that work. And it looks fucking seamless. I buy all of it. I believe it's lived in. The world is lived in. The structures are amazing. He is great with scale. You really get a sense of scale in these wide shots and these crazy structures. So uh, hopefully Hollywood will learn. And in articles, he's even embarrassed that it cost $80 million. He's like, it could have cost less. I'm kind of embarrassed. Uh, and then the other thing I want to talk about is the influences. Now, uh, the, you see a lot of Cameron in there. Aliens, Terminator, a little bit of the Matrix. Like you said, Akira, Last of Us, Apocalypse Now, the Vietnam shit was great. Blade Runner, District 9, Children of Men. And while I don't think it's that level of a movie, it's very close. And so... I think you mentioned that all his other movies, Godzilla and Star Wars have this problem with the characters. They're not fleshed out. I think this is probably the best uh, version of characters, the most fleshed out characters he's been able to do. But would I have wanted to know a little bit more about Ken Watanabe's character? Sure. Would I wanted to know a little bit more about their whole culture? Yes. But at the same time, I loved just looking at it, that they were like Tibetan monks that were fucking robots mixing in. Uh, so is it derivative or is he inspired by shit that he grew up watching? Just like the movies I mentioned, they were made inspired by stuff that the filmmaker well, was when watching. you want, there's two kinds of movies uh, and there's two kinds of world building. And so when you, on a first watch, hard world building reads better, right? Because they tell you everything. They show you everything. You don't like, have to. Like James Cameron does very well. Yeah. He, he knows that you're going to go to the theater maybe once and he wants you to get it all in one shot. Right. Then there's like like the Miyazaki films, like the like the Studio Ghibli films that are that are all like they don't have any exposition really explaining what's going on. You just have to watch a movie like thirty times and read yeah. into it, and then all of a sudden, oh, like oh, now I get it, I get it now. Like all these little tidbits that are like there that you don't really notice, and then you start noticing all these things, and then you and you kind of you do the heavy lifting as far as assembling the story, and I think that that's what this is. And I just wasn't ready for that. I didn't think that was what it was going to be. Um, and um, so maybe on future watches, like there's some people who can watch a movie like this and pick out all these different like narratives. Right. But, but I'm not like, to, I'm not, I wasn't ready to do that with this movie. Yeah. And so I didn't, I do want to see it again. And so I think maybe on another watch, it probably there's, there's definitely things that we missed, but yeah, it's the kind of world building that it's using. It's using this thing that's probably you will pick up more as you as you watch it a a, a third or, or or second time. You know, like, um, and that's okay. 
But as I said, I don't think many people are going to the theater expecting to see that. They weren't they were thinking they were going to see this great sci-fi film. Well, many and, people didn't even go to see the movie, according to the fucking numbers. So right, well, like, and that that begs the question: like, why sacrifice? If, if your movie's probably not going to make any money, why compromise? Just like put out the, the three hour cut or whatever, or put or more put, in. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be like, word of mouth. Like, yeah, make it make it work because I think it works. It works, but it it doesn't work. The I think that there's more there. There's probably a way better film there somewhere. We'll have to wait till the director's cut. Anthony, what do you think? Is it derivative or was he inspired by things that he loves and gave us something new as a mashup? Uh, I, I don't find derivative as a, a negative thing. Okay. So I would say those are almost synonymous, inspired and derivative. I, mean, I, I guess I would say it would be derivative if it was just a complete copy right. of another story. Right. So, for example, Joker was like... The Joker movie is basically a taxi driver and uh, King of Comedy. King of Comedy, right? Yeah. This is like all the things he kind of liked put together. Um, So I I don't think I would give it that. When I watched it on screen, I was like, I haven't seen anything like this before. I've seen similar things, but I haven't seen this match of things. So I'll I'll give him credit for that. I, I think he does a really good job of just scale and making things look awesome on screen like he shoots things really well uh he knows how to layer in cgi really well yeah every movie i've seen of his i've always enjoyed visually watching um but it just for me there's a common theme you know rogue one was kind of cut up so i don't really know what he what his contribution was as far as editing that movie and directing all of it looked like yeah Um, but i just i do find a common theme of of parts of his movies with this one and godzilla where i'm just sitting there going I wish I was liking this more. <laughs> like I like this, but I don't, I wish, I wish I was more entertained. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like, and, I, and I've looked at Letterboxd for the most part, Letterboxd is pretty positive on the movie, but there are a, a, a dabbling of people that feel the same way as I do, where it's just visually stunning movie, lots of cool ideas, maybe not the best script, maybe not the best yeah. cut of the movie. Yeah. Right. But, not to say, you know, this is overall, I still find this to be like a good thing. The only issue is, you know, if it makes no money, there's really no lesson to be learned here because mm. at the end of the day, it's made, it was 80 million used and no one still saw it. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I hope there are some good lessons to take away. You, know, you can make a good movie for 80 million or you can make a movie that looks great for under $100 million yeah. and, you know, kind of an original sci fi story. We don't get a ton of those. So does this do anything for Edwards? Do you think Uh, should he be given more freedom in projects moving forward? I think it will. I know he got burned out in the studio working for, you know, legendary and Lucasfilm. And he's actually come out and talked about the rogue one stuff. And he said he was still involved. They didn't really take it over. Um, But he's talked about, you know, his his roots coming from, I think because he comes from he's made his own movies in the beginning, had to pay for it himself. He knows how to make a a dollar stretch when he's making movies. But he said something like it's uh, when you get to major studios, easy things become very hard and the things that used to be hard become very easy. So the studio interference is a big problem and he probably wants more autonomy 
to prove himself, but it's going to have to come in the box office. And that means people are going to have to tell their friends to go out and see this. Because it's just unfortunate. It's a shame that it came out in this time. It's not what'd, you guys, do- what'd you guys think of his use of, um, I know it's a minor thing, but the like the chapter cards. I like those title cards. Mm-hmm. I just thought they were a cool design, and you had like Asian writing and, and different. Was, I think it was Japanese. Japanese, writing. yeah, different writing. I loved, uh, I loved that. I kind of loved how New Asia was just a combination of like everybody left over in Asia. Like they were speaking Japanese, Chinese. They were speaking Urdu. There was Urdu speakers in there. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, look at this. They're speaking Urdu. I kind of liked that it was multilingual. I can tell where we where we were sometimes when we got to the city. I didn't think there was enough establishing shots of the city, and then we're also we're in like I, I can't tell where we are. Where are we? So um, I find that to be odd sometimes. But uh, overall, I I did like the design of New Asia and, and the fact that if you were looking for a movie with diversity, this is this is great, right? On paper, like you got. Yeah, you got the white guys are bad. bad. I mean, it reminded me of like the war on terror a little bit too, right? Like one person's freedom fighter is another person's terrorist kind of thing. That's the thing. Like there's a lot of um, reminders of stuff. I just don't know that he settled on any one thing. No, maybe you don't have to. You don't have to do that. I'm not saying you have to, but for me, it just made it. I came out of going, what, what did I want? What did he want me to take away from this? Yeah. Yeah, it's like one of those things where he he has this problem of pacing and not knowing where the story really needs to be. Right. You know? Like with Godzilla, Brian Cranston was the story, but for some reason, like even in the script, like that's the character that you should be focusing on and be like, listen, we gotta throw out this other character and like stick with this one and make this one an ancillary character, not the lead. And for, I, I mean, I understand that maybe Brian Cranston didn't want to be in it that long and you know, he had a few weeks to work on it or something like that. I mean, maybe that's the excuse, but I wouldn't have made it with him. It, I would have gotten a different actor and beefed up that part because that had the emotional weight to it. So, like, it's about knowing, like, what is the story? And I think the story in Godzilla, which is the probably the his the movie that is most his. Mm-hmm. You know, because the other ones got messed with, you know, but I think this is the movie that's most his. Yes. I'm this just is his Star to Wars. It to, to compare yeah, it to, yeah. he made that mistake here. And I think that the character that's really important here is actually Gemma Chan. Possibly. And, uh, the kid and, steals the show. And, and and Ken Watanabe wouldn't have been bad either. Yeah. So, like, there are characters in here that kind because, like, why do you need a creator at this point? Like AI already is, 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 is way more advanced than a human person. It could ever be. Why do we need a human at the end? They it doesn't themselves. make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Like, like there's no real threat if humans are still in charge. Well, and like, you know, right? I love the little detail, the hypocrisy of the, the U S in on nomad when they are actually, uh, experimenting with AI robots. That's where all the Mayas are, right? So uh, while they're on war with Asia, they just want it all for, to themselves. That was kind of a nice touch. Yeah. I just think that, yeah, there's more there to it. And we, we got kind of. And there's themes yeah. of like heaven. There's heaven on earth. There's nomads kind of like heaven. Uh, do they get to heaven? There's a lot, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot. There's yeah, a lot. There's definitely a lot. Uh what I was getting at with the title cards and I, Ruggs is mentioning like what, 
what are we, you know, what, where's the story going? Yeah. I think when this is just me, when you add in title cards like that, you almost have a like indie flair to the yeah, movie. Yeah. So that makes me consider like take the movie even more seriously. And uh, I just didn't, I just didn't feel like it coalesced into something I could take away. But again, good, like, not to take away the accomplishment he had and, and all that stuff. I also just one minor nitpick. I thought of this as random as fuck right yeah, now. Yeah. But the, the scene where, so John David Washington's character at the end helps her get like going to the pod to eject out a nomad. Right. Yeah. And like that's probably somewhere in the middle of that ship or somewhere. Right. Yeah. And then like it cuts to him, his next scene, he's in that garden with Gemma Chan. Yeah. And I couldn't help but think to myself, how the fuck did he get down there so fast <laughs> with the thing exploding he's, all around him? He's running. I but love that. Like, little- like that's like a giant, like he'd have to like jump like a hundred feet, two thousand feet. Oh, to get there. Well, I don't know. I just like, I think I just had a tough time when he was on, when they were on nomad. Yeah. Identifying like what the scale of it was everything and where things were happening at certain times. I was also a little confused. I thought because like the control center where the general is, I thought that was on Nomad and it wasn't on Nomad because she goes into the 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 control room and nobody's there. And I was like, wait, where the fuck are the, where are these people looking at this? They were somewhere else. It's all remotely controlled. Oh, that that I that I kind of understood. But the little reunion that he gets with Maya and the fact that you download their memories, put in something else that's kind of interesting. I saw that the ending was a little bit ambiguous, and I may have read too much into it. Right, the whole thing is exploding; it's crashing to the earth. Everyone's cheering, but you cut to Alfie, and she's crying because she knows you know he was on there. But at the very end, she like smiles, and then and then it cuts to black. So I was like, okay, she either smiled because a the robots are now free for now. Nomad is gone. Or B, I was like, those things fell in big chunks. Maybe they fucking survived and they walked out of that crash. Uh, uh, fucking John. I, I, I was interpreting as that, like she wasn't she the one like mission accomplished. Yeah, she was the one to get them like peace, and they got peace. Yeah, yeah. she's the Messiah. Yeah, to save yeah, her. Got the Messiah. There's a Messiah. Yeah, it's just like Last of Us, where he's got to protect the Messiah. Okay, wait. Let's talk about some other things I liked. Wait, before you go, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Because you, because you just mentioned it, the transferring a memory. I did really like that idea when yeah. they fucking transfer the memory of oh, the dead, dead human yeah. into yeah. the AI yeah. Indian guy. Yes. And he's like like freaking out because he's like about to die and they're yeah. like trying to call him down and yeah. like get the information out of him. Yeah. I was like, that is fucking disturbing. That was disturbing. You know what else was disturbing? There was that quick shot where they're showing the androids get built in the factory and one of them has a face and eyes and it's just like looking back and forth like what the fuck is going on as it's being assembled uh mm-hmm. i thought that was also really disturbing but i love that there was like a brown guy simulant there was a bunch of them there's a bunch of brown guys i love okay i love what he called her little sim there was some you know there's not a lot of jokes in here the humor is comes from the situation but when he's like yo little sim let's go that's cute there was the one with the dog and okay the, the animal assist there was two of them there was the dog that came in and dropped oh, the bomb yeah. and took out the robots. And then the fucking monkey hits the detonator. That was great. He's looking. And that was that was real. That's not CGI. He talked about that monkey. Oh, you want to hear this funny story? He no. said he said this is I'm going to tell you anyways. <laughs> this is how the monkey was motivated to do its shots. It would do it was like a professional actor who would come in. It would do the take. And then he said at, between each take, they had brought in. It was a female monkey. They had brought in a male monkey. Between each take, they will go let the female monkey go, like, fuck around and bang the male monkey. And then it will come back and do another take. 
So the reward for what a good take hell? was it could go fuck its other monkey, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's how they did that. It's not a CG uh, fucking monkey. That's how they got Lassie to do everything. I think that is how they got Lassie to. She had to fuck the well. He's in that well. <laughs> uh, that robot. And if you fuck things now, you can do some shit on yeah. screen. Yeah, if you know. do some shit on screen, you can go fuck. Yes. That, that's. I'd love to be motivated. <laughs> that's, that, that motivate, you can motivate all like, people. Yeah, it sounds like the motivator. That's a good system. That's for what mankind you, for the yes. first like 10,000 years of uh, human <laughs> That's what you call a good system. I, you know, the ending was rushed, but there were some fucking dope scenes. Like the, the, how it looked like Apocalypse Now was just devastating. And those robot bombs that would run out past you and then she just fucking stops oh, yeah. one. That was pretty great. Uh, the, the, the Robia where they like set up the, but that that was another thing. I like the robot bonds. But I was like, so what are the rules? I guess going back to rugby, like, what are the rules of the AI? Why do the humans have control of robots? Yeah, it's a good point. They don't explain that. Yeah. And like, why isn't the, these people like use the powers? Like, why can't she use her powers? Like she should have like stopped yeah. that thing like way early on. She's just and, a kid. She's learning. She's growing. Okay, okay. I'll give them that. But then like nomad seems like a very highly advanced technical thing, technological yeah. development. She shut that shit down. No, what I'm saying is how was AI not able to infiltrate that? Oh, and we don't know. Like normally what you would see in, these AI movies is okay. Now the humans got to run like got to go old school. They got to run on gas. They got to run on coal. Oh, that's gotta, a good like, point. They got to like go back to like weird technology from the seventies where they. Like, and that's what I'm saying. The world building is missing. You sh- they, yeah. That should be if it's run if it's or, run by computers. Why couldn't they just code themselves infiltrate the code? I mean, because because you you can clearly see the AI is so advanced that they're now integrating into humans and they have human personalities. So we know the AI is up there. There was something about like that they just wanted, they didn't want to harm anyone and just wanted to coexist peacefully in New Asia and well, not well, in America. No, I, I get that. I'm just saying they could just take over Nomad and be like, okay, we're not. We just got to take this We're going to use this for peace. Like we're not, you're not killing us with this shit. And then I did wonder what happens now. Like Nomad's down, but how long is this going to last? Did they really win? What is happening in the West? You know? It's also yeah, like the, a, I mean the the U.S. still thinks that AI bombed L.A. or nuked L.A. Yeah, yeah, conspiracy. It's also yeah, like they, it's like a helicarrier too for Marvel. The fucking oh yeah, yeah. The other they're gonna make uh, two uh, spherical ones and call the gonad. The gonads, <laughs> just two balls floating around. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I don't know. I I don't think they should make a sequel. Like I kind of like how it's self-contained. You said there's not going to be a sequel. There shouldn't be. It's wrapped up. It's one story. Um. Yeah. And uh, no, I liked. So I also liked the opening, like the 1950s style propaganda opening, explaining, you know, we built these robots, made them do the test, and then they bombed us. Now I will say, in that Animatrix uh, anime shorts, there there's a better version of this, where they actually explain how like humans started treating these AI robots like shit, like slaves, and just abusing them, and then they eventually turned. So this one is a little thin. Like nobody questioned why they just yeah. When there's been right so away. many other movies that handled the same topic, Blade Runner being one, right? Blade Runner is very heavy influence. I, I still I think the connection, the performances between the kid and John David Washington, kind yeah, of well, it, held it, it together. You know, no, I, I don't think the movie. Like if you're well within, I'm not gonna disagree with you. Like if you're you're well within your right, and I, I could see your perspective. If you thought this was awesome. Yeah, I can certainly see that perspective. It just didn't 
it wasn't awesome for me. But I don't, I don't. It's not one of those movies. If you went Expendables Four is awesome, I'd go. You need to get your fucking brain checked. <laughs> you can't. Well, <laughs> look, uh, are we rating it at this point? Yeah, let's what? rate it. Giving your final thoughts, Rugs. You want to go first? Go first. Sure. Um, this movie was uh, a conflicting experience. I really thought that the art direction, the effects, the visuals, the aesthetic, uh, the, the performances, the casting, everything was on point. Like the tone, the music, the use of like, uh, you know, uh, Radiohead and this and that. Oh, yeah, needle the music drop. was great. Yeah. Like all of it, the whole thing, it was a sight to behold, an experience to be had. But I also think that as far as sci-fi goes, it doesn't because it lacks uh, the hard world building, the explanations for things that you, we kind of like are scratching our head. in if we look into it uh, and the fact that it feels like there's parts of the movie missing, uh, it, I can't really give it like a 10 uh, out of 10. And I, I'm I was debating like a seven point five or an eight, like something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I'm gonna go. I, I, I want to give it the benefit of the doubt and and go like an eight. Okay. Because I feel like, um, just the visuals alone, and the fact that it's done with for eighty five million dollars is that's like a, a miracle. Absolutely. Like in and of itself, and then the fact that you have a good child actor, which that doesn't happen ever. Yes. Like you got Haley Joel Osment and this girl. Yes, and that's it. And, and, <laughs> and I don't know. Um, if you were so, to yeah. rank this up against Rogue One and Godzilla, how does that play out? I I don't know. I feel like I feel like I don't know. I feel like um, good question. They're all like tied to me. I don't think I feel like Godzilla. I like Godzilla a lot, but. I only like I like parts of Godzilla, right? Right. Rogue One, I like more on the whole. Yeah, but I think this is a better looking movie. Yeah, and this is more his movie. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with this one is gonna be the best uh, of all. Okay, Anthony, rate it, rank it. I'm a, a little bit more harsh. I walked out of the movie thinking it was a five out of ten. Mm. But now that I have a little bit of time to coalesce and then. And really put together my thoughts. I have to respect what I saw in terms of filmmaking, uh, you know, shooting on location and CGI. And there are a lot of elements that Ruggs touched upon that I agree are, are good. Uh, I just wasn't super entertained by the movie. I didn't love it. So for me, it's a six out of 10. Okay. I was originally going to go five, but six. Okay. Uh, as far oh, it's as definitely a movie. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's worth it's worth it to a lot of people for sure. Um, as far as like ranking it amongst those three films, I'd, yeah. I would agree. Rogue One, I think, was the best film that I'd seen top to bottom. But it's hard to completely love that as, or credit that to Gareth Edwards. Right. Because he uh, he got it cut up. Right. Yeah. So what, what 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 was good about that? I don't know. There, you know, we, we, it's hard to tell. Godzilla is the one I'll watch the most, but I'm only going to watch the monster fights. Yeah. Like I'm never going to sit down and watch that movie unless like I have a kid or something yeah. like that I want to show it to. I'm never going to sit down and watch that movie in, in, in its entirety again, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, wor- it's worth mentioning that 
Godzilla is still a, a franchise that continues to be made. Yep. And because of that. And not only that, but like he nailed the design and those fights have a weight to them and a way awesome. of uh, the way that they are represented are, are 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 better are probably the best way it's been done. It's just oh, 100%. Not, not lit very well, but yeah, it, it is. I mean, those fights are awesome. The, I mean, the, the build up to him using his breath, the tail whip him appearing out of nowhere and blowing the guy blowing the fucking with the the right what they were called uh the in mouth. Yeah. yeah i mean i mean everything i mean the shot of the i i vividly remember the the shot of godzilla like attacking the thing while the 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 bomb doors are closing like that's a great shot the shot where godzilla um is in chinatown and you see his tail come around and then like the lightning like through the smoke and you can see his silhouette those are fucking great and like the gong in the in the background it's yeah. just beautiful shots yeah some of the most beautiful shit you'll have bar none the most beautiful godzilla movie you'll ever see like in terms of in terms of a lot of, like those shots it's not like the cinematic. best cinematic cinematic yeah, it's, it's so cinematic yeah. um and i'm always going to be biased towards godzilla so i would probably rank this one third amongst those three well, okay but i'm super biased yeah sure i'm always gonna sure. love that Sure. Uh, look, I think the achievement, what he pulled off here for the budget is amazing and very noteworthy. Uh, and this is my kind of sci-fi. It does make you think. It makes you feel. Could it have been a little deeper? Sure. But I appreciate the swing at something original. Uh, and just like you said, Ruggs, everything is great minus the script issue. So I definitely think the pros outweigh the cons. And I was entertained. I was invested the whole time. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 also. Um, you know, Rogue One, probably the best Star Wars movie outside of, like, the original trilogy that anybody's made. It's fantastic. And we got Andor because of it, which is great. But I, I'm going to put this one on top of that one because I feel like it's more of his own thing and his that's, own Star Wars. Fair. There's no Kathleen Kennedy I mean, the, fucking, fucking things those up. Those tanks. Remember those fucking tanks? But, yes. Look, you got memorable shit in this yeah, movie. Yeah. Like you got Nomad, which is you're never gonna forget Nomad. Uh, you you you're never gonna forget those fucking the way that they have the, the hollow heads. These the hollow guys. head look is amazing. I right. tell you, every time Nomad showed up and those lights hit the thing and there was targets, like I got scared. I was like, oh fuck, they're gonna fuck shit up. You better get the fuck out of there. And then those giant tanks. Remember when those yes, tanks the, came in? They're huge. He even pulled like a little Godzilla in there too, like where the the branches are breaking and shit. You're like, what the fuck is coming? Well, they were then, in, they were inspired by Gundam and like anime mechs. I, again, I watched the interview where he's oh, like, yeah. he's like, we would take these designs of these tanks and we would put it on a Bandai box, and if it was something that was like, I need to buy this, then the design was working. So they they you know they they used a lot of negative space. Great design, even the robots that aren't humans. Remind me a lot of like the Boston dynamic robots that fucking run and flip and dance right. and shit. So I love that little touch. And they're all kind of different, asymmetrical, like amazing production design. Allison Janney as a bad guy. Also, you'd never see her playing someone who's such a dick. And she did. Yeah, she, she was terrible. She did, yeah, she did a great job. She did a great job as the bad guy. Very James Cameron esque, like aliens, uh, you know, them hunting them down. Yeah, I know. I like the whole thing was a chase. Like they didn't have time to rest. So I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to see it again. Eight out of 10. Okay, good stuff. More people I would recommend. Would you? Rec I saw it on IMAX also, which was gorgeous. 
I would recommend people go out and see this movie because I want to see yeah. more movies like it. I think like the, I think the most honest review is somewhere between what Anthony said and what you what we both said. Yeah. I think it's probably somewhere like if people are going to go see it, it's definitely a film. It's not it's not like an attempt at making a movie that fails. It actually it, it works. It's just what the hyperbole that was going on about yeah, how was great it was. Yeah. It led a lot of people to think that this is going to be this great movie. And even though it's very good, it, it you're, you're left a little bit wanting more and you felt like you didn't get enough, enough of what was promised. So solid yeah, that, side that high bar might've yeah. hurt my expectation. Cause I came into the movie going, I'm, might watch one of the best movies of the year. And I think, I think it's a good movie. I just don't know. And or not even the best movies of the year. People are going instant classic. Right. You know, yeah. I think that that was way, way over the top. And, uh, I think that it, it gave everybody a lot of uh, expectations and it was hard to live up to those, but yeah, look, the movies that it's influenced by that I mentioned, it's, it's close to those. It is not in those league, but he tried, he put his love of those. It wants to be one of those. Have you ever seen Elysium with Ben? Uh, yeah. Ben uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> I mean, district nine is a better movie. It does all the same things. But it's very similar. Yeah. 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 But there's more character development. There's more like you just get more of it for some reason. You, you know what I, what I was thinking of that it reminded me of yeah. that people probably wouldn't relate it to right away is yeah. it's also kind of got the Planet of the Apes vibe. Oh, sure. Where it's like the apes are actually good, but the people view them as a threat. Right. And they need to be eliminated, but they're just trying to survive. They don't really want to be bothered. They make friends with humans and they're right. enemies with some human. That, yeah, so they, they just, just wanna... it's just now using AI. Instead of, yeah. What's your view of they're not dead. They're just off. Oh, they're on standby. That was interesting. Yeah, he put oh, her yeah. on standby instead of actually killing her. Um, oh, man. I don't know. They're on standby. It's off. <laughs> that's how, but that's how AI... Not, on, not off, on standby. That's how AI would understand what death is, right? That they're off. Like, they don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I forgot that. They, they're, I forgot that line. They're yeah. just... They're off. Well, like, he's trying to explain to her. It's like, no, like... Not dead. You're just, you're not killing people. We're just turning off machines. Even Alice and Jenny says the same thing. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, a lot, yeah. They're, they're like, not alive. They're We're not just real. turning them off. Well, and he has some character growth. He goes from being one of those dudes, like he's undercover in the beginning, to, uh, you know, being on the robot side. So there's some, there's some character progress. Good move. Solid sci fi. All right, let's do some news from the nation. <laughs> It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. I got a couple of comments from uh, the Instagrams here. Instagram? Yeah. That people Mm. send us messages on there, believe it or not. IG. You posted news again on IG, of course. Every time. No, Dirk Wood, listener who follows us on Instagram, he uh, left a comment about last week we were talking about what movie bombs bigger, the Marvels or Aquaman and the Lost World. He says Marvel's more successful for mine. It has multi, multi-race cast, female positive cast and director like Barbie, teen audience for Miss Marvel, more appealing to the sci-fi crowd, and finally, Brie Larson's sports bra. People are a bit met in Marvel, but plenty are still hoping for a bounce back. DC is wildly considered dog shit. 
So he had some good points for argument for that Marvels will be more successful. Uh, and then he commented. He had to comment back. He wrote, just read my comment back. I'm no pervert. Shit legit went viral talking about uh, the bra Brie Larson is wearing. Everybody, the photo came out and everyone was asking her. All, a lot of women were asking her, what bra is that? How do you get that? Apparently, this is a big problem. Where? And, what? What sports bra? The, so, oh, the one in where she's wearing all white? Yes. Yes. That's a cool bra. <laughs> yeah. it's uh, <laughs> Apparently, it is. Uh, oh, I had a link here. Oh, here it is. It is. Uh, they asked on Twitter, and uh, the Twitter person was like, I've struggled with this all my life. Chantel U.S. t-shirt bra with an extra strap stitched oh, in. top bra. bra. Yeah. It's like a tank top bra. Uh, oh, $35. Apparently, this was, uh, yeah, went a little bit viral when it came out. So that's why he mentioned. Well, they look spectacular. So they're look, real yeah. and they're spectacular. Definitely making use of her assets for sure. Yes. They, they, they highlight her in a good way. They don't there. need any CGI work there. Like uh, yeah. some other places. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the other comment is from our buddy Brian Goff, who runs the Parks and Recs memes Instagram account, is always at our uh, Discord Hangouts. He says, hey, bud, thanks for the winning time recommendation. Great show. I'm about halfway through season one. 100% hooked. The casting is excellent. Who knew Adrian Brody was a dead ringer for a younger Pat Riley? And he is. He looks just like him. He's his great Pat Riley. Uh, the show is canceled. So you can enjoy two seasons. It was probably just going to cost more because it has a fucking huge, some big names. And casting is great. Uh, that's it for news from the nation. Let's finish with some. What are we watching? Anthony, you got anything lately? It's been a lot of, uh, this guy, froggy flips. Did I mention him last week? Uh, yeah. What does he do? Picking toys and shit. Oh, he's so like toy hunter. Yeah. Toy hunting. Yeah. Toy hunting. So I've been doing that and then, you know, watching videos on how to sell toys on eBay. <laughs> and then, and then I've been looking, I've all, all of a sudden gone back into looking at my comic book collection and then Googling other people's comic book collections and seeing them, people seeing people find rare shit. So oh, you're going to be hitting garage sales any day now, aren't you? That's where you find all the good shit. If you, you should really tell everybody uh, that listens to your stuff. store so they can buy your stuff. Anthony. Well, if you, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. My stuff. I don't even know the name of my store. It's my username because I don't have a, a business. Oh. Can so we share you, the link if someone wants to buy what yes, you have? Okay. Go for it. Okay. Share the link. Put it in the show notes. Okay. But if people want to buy stuff from me, what is my fucking name? Bear with me. Tony's Toys. No, it's Ant A N T K R Z underscore forty six. Yeah, it's a sexy name. Easy to remember. A N T K R Z underscore forty six. If you want to buy some beat up wrestlers or superhero toys. yeah what are you selling here tell us one one item got a uh <laughs> we've got a let's see the, my one of my best is a 12 inch 1990 wwf hasbro talking ultimate warrior talking what does he say is it still work it talks it does it still works oh my yeah, god he, he has all he's pulled the drawstring in the oh, back shit. and he, he talks he says uh I forget what the fuck he says. He says some weird shit. <laughs> That's just give me steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Snap into a slim gym. That's the other guy. That does watch him, man. <laughs> uh, okay, that, okay, listener, you heard it here first. Anthony's got a little eBay toy shop. Uh, hit him up if you're uh, in the collectible. <laughs> there is some. There's a Spider Man. There's a Robocop. There's some fun things here. 
And there's there's going to be more. Okay. As I as I go through my list or my bags and bags of old toys. Oh, that link will definitely be in the episode description, listener. So you're going to want to check out our website, jockinner.com slash five hundred four. Got a Funko Pop on there too. It's got a in the box. In the box, mint. Uh, yeah, mint condition. So okay, that's interesting. The the empire is growing over there. <laughs> uh, you got to pay for your shoes, these sneakers somehow, right? So exactly. exactly. Uh, Rugs, you watch anything? Mm, just uh, the Continental. Oh, you watched the second episode? What did you think yeah. of that? I watched that too. I may have fallen asleep during it and had to go back and watch it oh, again. It was the fucking boringest shit I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. So okay. <laughs> so the first episode sets up why Winston is gonna go to war. Spoilers. We had Spoiler. Why Winston is gonna go to war against Mel Gibson at the Continental? His brother's involved. His brother dies. Whatever. Second episode, he's got to assemble a team uh, to actually besiege the Continental, right? Right. I don't remember any of it because it was so fucking boring. Yeah. That I didn't care. Yeah. It got better towards the end. It picked up a little, but yeah, parts of I don't know about this. Shit. There's only one more left. I'm going to watch. Maybe they made a big mistake with this second episode because the first episode took a lot of time to develop stuff. And yeah. now you're, you're supposed to hit the ground running. Yeah. I don't think there was a real action scene in this. No. This well, there was what's her name fighting those dudes on the car in front of her dojo. Yeah. That was a that was a pretty cool action scene. Yeah, whatever. Hand to hand combat. She don't use weapons. She kicked. It was ass. fine. Yeah. It was fine. But they it's introduced. Not worth, it's not worth hanging an hour of a show on. More people. Yeah, I will. It was late when I watched it. Maybe that's why I fell asleep. Maybe it was a little boring. I don't know. There's only one left, so I don't know if we're going to review this. I one did watch it. Ahsoka Part Seven. Oh, let's talk about that. The penultimate episode. By the time this episode comes out, the finale will appear. Yeah, there's a lot of peen in this episode. Let me tell you what I thought of the this penultimate episode. Uh, I f- it was there was some cool parts, some cool lightsaber battles, but I felt like they were. They're de- it's spinning their wheels a little bit, and I don't see how they're gonna wrap this up in one more fucking episode. Um, I feel like the characters are not saying, talking, telling other characters things when they probably should be. Yeah, they should be communicating. And they're what, not. Is, what are you doing, Sabine? Both of them aren't saying shit about anything, and I'm like, come on. And there's a re, and then so I don't know. A lot of it was weird, but some of it was good. What do you think? So basically, they they all caught so. The two force users that are not Sith and not Jedi, Ray Stevenson and his uh, uh, Shakti or whatever. Shin Hati. Yes, she's great. Yeah, Shin Hati. They they get on their horses and they get to uh, where they are. Yeah. And uh, Sabine and uh, Ezra, they're like riding with the uh, the Nati, the, the Nati, the Ooh, shell people. Yeah. They're just and casually just like do to do. Look, you're going to be stuck on this fucking planet. How about you're like, listen, we got to get back up in that ship before it takes off. They're just fucking strolling. Yeah, they're just, yeah, they're just got her feet up. Yeah, She's like, hey, got anything to eat around here? Like, and now the they got to fight these guys off. And Ahsoka rolls in to uh, to help. Yeah. And uh, there's like a courtroom scene, isn't there as well? Well, yeah, they have to resolve the whole Harris and Dula being tried for. Uh, oh, that was a great cameo. Again, spoilers for this. Spoiler alert. Uh, C-3PO shows up. And, yeah, see uh, my PPO shows has up. Has a message from <laughs> Princess Leia saying, I did uh, authorize this. And uh, while you guys doing this without me, saving Hera's ass. They were about to court martial, yeah, martial she, her. C-3PO like name drops Leia and yeah. everybody just shuts the fuck up. They're like, oh, 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 3PO. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, the scene where they came out of hyperspace and the whales and they were in that mine and they had to hide. That was kind of cool. And then the thing, the problem with the Thrawn on this also is I guess he's supposed to be like a, like a strategic mastermind, right? Where he's always thinking he's like several steps ahead. Right. Um, but that doesn't really provide for a lot of action. Really? If you're just watching a guy think and yeah, he's just very calmly unaffected yeah, by everything. I know. He's just like, all right, well just pull back and now. Okay. Let her go. Okay. Now go get her. I'm like, all right. I'd, there was a there was a great look from him when they told her that he was trained by Anakin. Oh yeah, that, that like Ahsoka was trained by Anakin. And then he, he like changed. Like, he's like, oh shit, I gotta change my plans. Yeah, there was like a brief moment where he had a little bit of life to him right yeah. there. And How do you that, think it's gonna wrap up? What what kind of hopes do you have for this end? Like, are they gonna cut? Are they gonna leave? Dude, are they gonna jump? I'm back? telling you, they're gonna use the dude with the mask, and then the zombies are coming out. All those night troopers in those coffins or whatever. Yeah, and then what we're gonna see is Ezra start kicking some. Uh, Ezra just force pushed everybody. He didn't want to use the sword. He didn't want to use the lightsaber. They were surrounded by stormtroopers, and just the two of them really just took them all out. And it's not. I was like, okay. Ezra had a cool lightsaber with a gun on it. Remember that? She has his lightsaber though. That's is his. It the one with the gun on I it. I don't know if there's a gun on it. Because that was a cool fucking lightsaber. But that whole thing confused me, too. I was like, has, does this guy still use the force? Is he practicing? Is he rusty? Like, he had a different... I mean, he was kind of badass. He took some hits. I don't know. He's not bad as Ezra. Like, he's pretty good Ezra. Yeah, they just need to give him something to do. Yeah, like, so far, they haven't done anything. He's just been, like, space Jesus at this point. Like, well, do you think they'll kill him? Would they kill him? No. I don't know. And how about explain like what happened after you jumped here with Thrawn and how you're still here and what the fuck? Nobody cares. Yeah, there's nobody talking about shit. <laughs> so you need to explain a couple of things here. And people are wondering, like, why are people afraid of story? I don't know. Like, I don't why know. are people afraid to like take the risk and go, hey, you know, what, used, what happened here was uh, I came here and blah, blah, blah. Because we don't get any of that. Is we just a, get. Is this a Dave Filoni thing, though? Is that like how he likes to write his stuff? There was more exposition in the cartoon. Like yeah. they got to the point, you yeah. know, they did it for little kids. So they yeah. didn't, they couldn't fuck around that much. They had to explain things. So the kid goes, Oh, okay. That's why they did it. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where it's going. I don't see how they're going to wrap this up. I feel like it's, I don't be a think it's the worst of the star Wars. No. It's not Boba Fett. No, it's not the book of Boba. Is Fett it better than Obi-Wan? I think it's better than Obi-Wan, yeah. Okay, it's better than Boba Fett. It's like, be- there's no, like, little kid running around and outrunning people. Sure, sure. And- yes, that was embarrassing. And uh, uh, it's, uh, maybe a little bit better than Mandalorian season like, three. Like, there's no villain that's, like, annoying and, yeah. like, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I just don't understand what, like, Valen Skull is also doing. He's like, there's something bigger. You got to, I'm not going to fight. You got to take, take care. I'm like, what? I don't, what's happening? I didn't understand any of it. I don't know. I like. I wanted to. I'm curious to see what Balin's up to. This guy, he's up to some shenanigans. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I'm gonna make a grab for power. I'm enjoying it, but there's a lot. I don't know. know. We'll see if they can finish. I feel like it's not great, but it's not the worst thing I've seen. So it's like it's Star Wars. Yeah. You want to know what else I watch? What's that? Mission Impossible Three. Oh, that's the. uh, Is that That Brad, Brad Bird? No, that is uh, JJ. Oh, that's Abraham the Ab- Abram, yeah. Abrams one. And uh, what's that guy's name that died? Oh, the that's villain. the Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's so good in that. He's like a great villain in that movie. Well, he's intimidating. He's yeah. definitely like he definitely delivers his lines with like a lot of fucking malice. 
Uh, he, you, you feel like Ethan Hunt is in really bad position because he basically is threatening to kill his wife. Right. And uh, he makes the run to get the rabbit's foot. And the rabbit's foot, they never explain what it is. You see it, but you don't know what the fuck it does. And uh, it's good. The only thing that I don't like about it is it's the most CGI uh, one. A lot of lens flare also in this one. Yeah, this is not like, it's not like, it doesn't have that Tom Cruise doing stunts type thing. Where even though he is doing some stunts. Like you know that a lot of it's CG. This is the know. but this is the one where uh there's that where he's running on the bridge he gets thrown against the car in that explosion. Yeah, that's a cool scene. That's a cool shot. I watched this whole corridor crew of VFX reacts and they and they had uh I think David Goyer worked on the visual effects. I think he was there. He's talking about how the helicopter was real and he showed the plates where there's an explosion and then the plate where Tom Cruise was on like a string and they just fucking slammed him into a car. Uh and it looks great. But I mean, it just goes to show that every Mission Impossible movie is pretty good. Yeah. Like, there's not one, even though people want to say the John Woo one is the worst one. I fucking love that one, too. It's a little bit slow in the middle, but like, it's still great. And uh, like, every one of these movies is great. It's just like, I like every time I revisit one, I'm like, that was a good fucking fun movie to watch. Yeah. Yeah. They they haven't made, they haven't made a truly bad Mission Impossible. There's no good stuff in all of them. I think that you can make a case that the third one is probably the least uh the least realistic as far as the stunts are concerned. But I think it, it the story is very very good cuz he's it's very simple. He just wants to save his wife. Right. Like the guy's threatening his life and threatening the life of his wife if unless he does this job gets this thing and he's got to fucking make it happen. He's got to figure out like who's fucking him over and yeah. why this is happening to him. And he's got to like do the whole thing where he's got to sneak out, lie to his wife, you know, g- uh, get out there and like, you know, he used to be like, I'm going to go on a business trip. I'm going to go do something. And she's like, all right, whatever. Like, why, you know, why are you always constantly going on trips now? Like, so there's, there's like a lot of stuff happening in this one that doesn't happen in the other ones. So it's a, like all of these movies are distinct until you get to this like last run, which is going to be these last four movies. Yeah. It's going to be this like it, it's it's crazy. This whole series is crazy. Man, once he puts out that last one, that could be the end of uh, the old man action era. But you know what? That's a big chunk of movies. That is a big chunk of movies. How many is it going to be? Uh, it's all over seven, six? Eight. eight. eight is, yeah, eight will be the next one. Uh, oh, I watched man. a couple of things. I forgot to mention last week, listener, that that boy spinoff Gen V was starting this week. In fact, on Friday, actually on Thursday, they Amazon re- released the first three episodes of Gen V. I watched them all. Of course you did. Fellas, you sh- we got to watch this. We're going to want to review this. It's pretty fucking good. All right. It's about as good as the boys. The setting of the college is great. How many episodes total? Uh, probably eight. I don't know. Uh, but I'm going to guess eight. Uh, but... You have no idea, do you? I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, did, let me see. Where does it say? I don't know. It, it says, be, how uh, many episodes is Gen V? Eight episodes. It okay, will be oh, eight cool. episodes. Uh, but the first three are great. They set up the world fantastic in the first one. And then there's like a big mystery. And the powers and the way they uh, comment on uh, modern day things 
college age kids go through. Uh, you know, they're tied to like uh, eating disorders, self mutilation. Um, I don't even want to spoil it. There's some wild shit. Uh, there's a dick. I'm not gonna tell you what of that scene is. Of course, there's a penis. There is absolutely a, a big penis set uh, used on this. Uh, but I really liked it. the The lead girl is great. Uh, the 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 fucking it, the first episode is wild. A lot of things happen. It's very good. I'm in. I think you guys will like it. It does tie back. You know, you see a train briefly in a cameo on TV. So it is in that fully in that world. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Just watch it. It's very good. I'm mad. They didn't watch it yet. I got to watch good. it. It's very good. I want to hear what you guys think, but we definitely should review it when it's over because it is, it is probably as good as the boys. Oh, wow. Uh, so far it is fucked up. There's some fucked up shit that happens and it's fantastic. Uh, that girl with the blood powers you saw in the trailer. It starts with her origin, and it's fucking horrifying. It's she gets a period? Yes, and you'll see. You guessed it already, but the, the scene how they show it, you're like, holy shit, fuck, Jesus. This girl's been through this. It's very good. It's very good. Uh, and then the other thing, I checked out this movie on Hulu. People were talking about it. It's called No One Will Save You. You guys hear about this one at all? No. It is a uh, it's like a science fiction thriller horror mm-hmm. about this girl that mm-hmm. uh, that lives in this house, this big house kind of she's like retro. She makes art, sells it on Etsy uh, in the beginning. Very quickly, they set up. She's walking around town. People are talking. They're like whispering about her. She's kind of uh, a social pariah. And then very quickly, there's an alien invasion. The greys, old gray aliens in a new form. And then things get crazy as she kind of hunts these aliens. Now, what makes this special that I really enjoyed, we were talking about Silent Night, John Woo's silent dialogue-free movie. This movie, there's no dialogue in it. She has one line. It's like three words long. Uh, it's towards the end, and it's very impactful. There is no spoken dialogue. It's all uh, through Kate, uh, Caitlin Deaver, I think, is the, the lead girl. Um, but it's for for a Hulu. It's not a bad movie. It's a fun watch. Uh, it has elements of like alien science fiction, but then like some horror shit, like Saw and some other torture horror movies. Uh, as uh, and then it's got a crazy weird ending. Also, it also does the thing where it kind of has multiple endings. You think it's over and it keeps going. But I really liked it. If you got time, you like that kind of stuff. I would check out. No one will save you on Hulu. I just don't understand how you have all this time. I, you know what? I, I don't sleep. <laughs> I should be sleeping more. I stay up much too late. Sometimes it takes me hours just to decide what to watch. Jesus. And I don't watch anything. But then sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to fucking watch this. Well, I'm, I'm going to right now preview what we're going to do next week. Yes. Because uh, I've, I'm just going to decide. Yeah. We, are, we, we will do, obviously, our news, but we will do a Loki Season 2 premiere review. Oh, that comes out this Friday, October 5th. That's correct. And then we will also review the f- full season of Ahsoka. Yes. Because that ends. And just for the listener to know, I will not participate in that part. <laughs> in the Ahsoka part, you're not going to no. hear Anthony. I will participate in Loki and not Ahsoka. We took mercy on Anthony on this one. I'm not going to force you to watch Ahsoka. You're not going to. I appreciate that. You're it's not, not going to give a fuck. There's too many deep cuts. It's yeah, yeah. just too hard for me to get into. You're not going to give a fuck, basically. So that's okay. Rugs and I will take care of that. But Loki uh, season premiered this week. That's going to be fun. So From one to ten, how ingrained do you have to be in watching the other shows to appreciate Ahsoka? 
Mm. Meaning the uh, rebels and Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I look, Rugs. What do you think? I think you can watch it without watching those, and they do an okay job. I don't think. I don't think it's the same show. If you if you don't know it, mm-hmm. I think. I think it's still okay, still watchable, but yeah. you're going to be missing out on a lot of the things. But like, I think you can watch it and enjoy it for like the oh, let, they're finding Ezra, they're going to, they're you know they're mm-hmm. they're repairing their relationship. So those all those things kind of work, but they don't work as good as you, you don't know. Yeah, okay. but like, yeah, right. it's okay. It's better than Boba Fett. Yeah, I do. I think That's you're good. right. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I might still just sit back and let you guys talk yeah. and let's just listen to you. I might okay. still just be here okay. just listening okay. so, and maybe laugh here and there. Okay. Sounds good. Good plan for next week. Listener, you yep. get all that. Be ready. Uh, rugs. That's it. Where can the listener find you online? You can find me on X and on really, ru- uh, really rug boy. <laughs> I just turned it to Biden first. Whoop. <laughs> uh, Mitch, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Come on, Mitch McConnell. It <laughs> was a great joke. Yeah. Listen, that link you can find in the episode description or you can visit our website, jockhunter.com slash 504, where there is a link to uh, Anthony, Anthony's newly launched vintage toy store. <laughs> we need a better name. We need some branding. I'll work with you on that. We'll get a little banner up there. I think I got to start like a, an actual physical store or like a business brick account. Brick and mortar? You're going to no, rent a business oh. account. Oh, not God. A, I'm really not doing a brick and mortar. <laughs> Support Anthony's Toy Shop on eBay. Link in the description. <laughs> uh, no, the re- important thing, listener, share the show. Tweet this out. Share it on Facebook. Text the show. Whatever you're listening, whatever app, there's a little share button. Just send it to all your contacts. Trust me. They will, uh, they'll thank you for it later. And thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the nerd. We'll beep you next time. Fuck that show. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really good. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. (laughs) 